0: The Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hey everybody, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Janetti, who is right now loving the start. For his New York, and mine too, the New York Mets. Yeah.
1: And me too. You know, I grew up a big Mets Everybody's fan. Everybody's on really? board all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Seven wins Huge and look, Mets listen fan to them. As a kid.
2: <laughs> yeah, really? Except
1: when I was a kid and rooting for the Mets, they you rooted for them to get to 500. That was a big deal. So, And then we got a World Series in 86. So, hey, I, I'm not, you know. Uh, don't, don't, don't What feel are you talking about? Me.
0: You you were right there when Nolan Ryan uh, threw his no hitter for the Mets, right? Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. that was in my, that, a little, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> seventy three, my first memories of the Mets. Uh, we watching the seventy three World Series against the A's.
0: Not mine. Not yours. That <laughs> no, was mine, though. not mine. Uh, but it's been a nice start for for the New York. I didn't know we were all. I thought you were a Yankees fan. No,
1: no, not at all. My dad was a Mets fan. And, and when you grew up in the New York area, you sort of inherit that. And you have an immense hatred for the other team. Yeah. You know, all my buddies were Yankee fans. And in the 70s, when I was in high school and, and, and you know, late 70s, early 80s, the Yankees were great. Uh, it wasn't very easy to be a non-Yankee fan.
0: I, I I'll admit, I started out as a Yankee fan uh, growing up in central New York. And I loved Reggie Jackson. Everybody loved Reggie I mean, Jackson. I mean, I just, I, lo- I used to wear, you know, remember they make those, and we'll get to the, the, the stuff here. We're going to talk some baseball <laughs> then. But I used to wear, you remember those plastic batting helmets you used to get? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we get them at the county fair. In the, Not the
1: in, kind you get with the ice cream sundaes at Carvel or Dairy?
0: <laughs> oh, Tasty Freeze. We got them at the Tasty oh, Freeze. Carvel yeah. oh. was my thing. And you know, if you saw pictures of me as a kid, I had every helmet. So did at I the, at the ice cream place. <laughs> and you were know. so
1: mad if you if your one girl if your mom brought you there. Well, that's, that's correct. True. That is if, correct. If your mom brought you to the ice cream place and you got a sundae, and if you got a double, you were so it was the only time getting a thing a giant vat of ice cream made you unhappy. That's I remember right. being pissed. I got not another Brewers helmet. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I remember getting the Brewers one, and I was pissed.
0: And now I'm like, man, I think the Brewers classic logo was great. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> right? the
1: M and the B with the mid. Absolutely, yes.
0: Uh, you know, or the Mariners one. We're getting the Mariners one with, with the, the pitchfork, oh, with the trident, yep. the trident. Right. Yes, and I, man, that that's a good one too. Uh, but yes, so I used, but I used to wear a Yankees one around mm-hmm. all the time because of Reggie Jackson, and I just, I just loved him. And then when he went to the Angels, I was done with the Yankees because <laughs> they're rid of him. And so I said, I'm going to start rooting for the Mets. And they sucked. Oh, yeah. It's they been tough. Were, they
1: were bad. It's they they were farce. bad. I mean,
0: Mookie, you know, Hubie Brooks was our best player at the time. Howard you know? Johnson, Mookie oh, Wilson. Joe, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, then and then they got good. And
1: then they trade for Carter, and they trade for Hernandez, and Gooden and Strawberry, Strawberry come, and yep. everything changed.
2: I love Gary Carter. I did too.
1: I, he was uh, such
2: a great the best Yep, that's, that's my number too. The old number eight. That's uh, yep. yeah. I've adopted that for sure. That
1: <laughs> trade, while we're reminiscing here, that trade turned yes. everything around for the Mets. Yeah. Getting Gary Carter, and he was legit. He was a star. He embraced New York. He was a leader. That changed everything for what had been a wayward franchise from the mid-70s on after they had traded Tom Seaver. Gary Carter was the first legit star that they had, and then that allowed them to start to build and it allowed them to trade for Keith Hernandez Keith and Hernandez. all the right, other yeah. things that I mean, happened. You
2: know funny, it's funny is the catcher kind of did it twice for them because then 10 years later when they acquired Mike Piazza, That's right. same thing. That, that was the piece they needed to push it through again. So That's right. All right.
0: Who's better? Who, if you had to pick a Mets Oof. catcher, would you take Gary I, Carter or Mike Piazza? Uh, I gotta go with here. Carter. I think he was a
2: defensive catcher. I think you're both crazy though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think in the era younger. of the home run, you gotta go Piazza just because he changed the whole Mets franchise with that. I mean, he, he changed it. I mean, he became. The best hitting catcher in the history of the game, because of, he came to, to Shea Stadium. I mean, everything changed. For, yeah, the for analytics
0: the will tell you, Mike Piazza. No yeah, question about yeah. it. Just because right? there's
2: fewer but, guys who could do what he but did. But
0: the two older guys in the room here will say Gary, Gary Carter but, because we're old guys. I'll, t- I'll tell you right. this though:
2: Gary Carter probably saved that '80s team. I
1: mean,
2: yes. I mean, that was a bunch of knuckleheads. Oh, incredible knuckleheads. You know, I mean, the stories. I mean, where's the where's the thirty for thirty on just that locker room? Let alone you know Gooden yeah. and Strawberry. But well, Dyke but
1: trying to figure out the Dykstra yeah. and Strawberry. Yeah and oh. Gooden and Backman and all those guys, yes. oh, yeah, there was, there was trouble on that team.
0: Now, you're, you're right about Piazza. Imagine, so imagine that problem to have yeah. – you're, you're doing your all-time uh, – The problem is catcher. The problem yeah. is we're
2: talking about catchers and you're, not starting pitchers. You're doing your
0: all-time <laughs> team, right? You're doing your all-time greatest team, and you have to choose between Gary Carter yeah. or Mike Piazza as your catcher. Then you say, well, I'll move one to first base. You, you, you can't do that. No. Keep got no, yeah. hand is oh, over had there. had the best yeah. first baseman in the yes. league there. So. so, you know, that's very, very tough to do. All right. We've
1: drifted way off on the
0: no, topic No, we have here. not drifted way off on the topic because, you know, you talk about uh, players moving, right? That's how uh, the Mets, they had to do that via trade, but now you can do it free agency. And we're going to look ahead yeah. to 2019 Major League Baseball free agency. Yeah, and- it's not
2: too early, right? <laughs> Well, first, no, it's first not. First week of weird. the season, we're, we're looking at the next. Hey, year already. you can't help but
1: watch, particularly the this weekend series between yeah. the Mets and the Nationals, and watch Bryce Harper and think hmm, where's he going to be next yeah, year? And, please and, say the Mets. And, and I love the fact that your story up on Track on the front page at SpotTrack.com, you really are understanding how this whole journalism thing works because you've buried the lead because the last guy on your list of potential free agents for 2019 is Bryce Harper, Mike.
2: Well
0: done. I, I think that's unfair criticism because we all know Harper's on the list and you, he's building
2: up to Bryce that's Harper. That's right. I didn't even need to talk about him, really. But, I, I mean, really, the, the, the whole point of this article is we've, we've come off such a a crappy free agent class. I mean, with this baseball season, I mean, really it took forever to get going. And when, when it did get going, the money just wasn't there and you know, the names weren't phenomenal to start with. So, you know, looking ahead is just kind of therapeutic for me at this point, because the the 2019 class is really something to look at in terms of what could be, what probably will be, uh, and the money that's going to go with it. And and really the discussion obviously starts and ends with Bryce Harper, because as we really, we've seen for the last 10 days of, of this season already, Uh, he's a monster. And when he wants to play and when he's healthy and when, and when that team has got him in in the position that he's in, and I think this batting coach that, that he's got, uh, behind him right now is really pushing him to the next level. Um, you know, we've heard $400 million. We've heard, you know, the biggest contract of all time. We've heard all the numbers. We've heard Yankees. We've heard, you know, Cubs, uh, you know, it's all on the table. But let's talk about the realistic, you know, what, what's really in place for well, Bryce the, fir- the first I mean, thing that's realistic is how many teams yeah.
1: legitimately can contend for him with their payroll and how many teams, frankly, this he, he he probably doesn't want to go to Milwaukee or Kansas City. Yeah. So that's the question there is how many legitimate teams uh, are going to be in that hunt I mean, and are the Nationals one of them at all? How, how do they let him go?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Right. They're obviously going to make an offer. They'd be crazy not to make an offer if they haven't already. We, we that's sort of been a gray a gray area in terms of what we've what's been done over the past couple of months. But I, I sort of mentioned the, the hitting coach here, and it's it's Kevin Long, a Mets tie by the way, <laughs> um, a guy who changed quite a lot of players and for, a former for Yankee yeah. guy. Alex
1: Rodriguez was talking a lot about him during the broadcast so let, on Sunday let, night.
2: Let me he, yeah let me let me give you that timeline. He he was the Yankees batting coach, and when Curtis Granderson left the Yankees to go to the Mets love is nickname. He basically yeah, the, the grandy, grandy man. man. When the grandy man says you do and the grandy man basically told the Mets for an office this is the guy we got to bring over because this guy changed my swing and got me, you know, into a position where I'm hitting the ball out of the park 50 times a year. Uh, so the the trail the, the breadcrumb trail of Kevin Long from Yankees to Mets to Nationals, you can just kind of see the production. You can you can see that the hitting just evolve into a really the launch angle and the velocity and the things that we you know, the, all the analytics are talking about these days. So it's a big deal when you're talking about Bryce Harper and is he going to stay? Because I think he's in a position right now where he can become phenomenal if he's really in tune with Kevin Long. Like I think we heard last night, like you're talking about Alex Rodriguez and uh, you know the relationship that those two clearly have, and we're seeing just a monster start from Bryce Harper in terms of the production and the home runs and things like that. So I, it, it, to, to me, it might not even be about the money. It could just be about look at being here with this guy in this ballpark. Is going to make me a Hall of Famer no matter what, and that's really something to think about. Because at the end of the day, and I've I've written it here, and you know, spoiler alert, I just can't see forty million per year happening. I I just can't see it. I can't see a team going that much more ahead of all the other other players on the roster on their on their forty man roster for great production. But it's not, you know, it's not. He's not hitting thirty more home runs than the next guy. He's hitting five or six. Let's be fair here. You know what I mean? I I mean that. Analytically, the production is great, but it's not that much greater that he's got to be paid $15 million more than the next player on your team.
1: Does it benefit Bryce Harper, as we spend a lot of time talking about the trend in sports is shorter contracts, does it benefit him to take a shorter contract? He's only, what, 25 years old? He's 25. So he takes a five-year deal. He's still got a chance to go out and get another yeah,
2: ridiculous I, contract. I wrote it here. The agent's going to want to show 10 for 400, you know, because everybody's been talking 400, right? And so you're going to want to get some kind of, you know, Fluffy paper contract written up that says 10 years, 400 million. But I think at the end of the day, something that with opt outs, you know, maybe two or three opt outs that looks like a five year 175, 35 million a year, that's probably where we're falling here. And when we're talking teams, to go back to your your question, we're talking Cubs, Giants, Dodgers, Nationals. He's a West Coast, he's a Las Vegas guy. He's definitely a California guy for sure. Um, but there's teams. There's teams that can will do this. I don't, think, I don't think the luxury tax is in play when you're talking about Bryce Harper. You know what I mean? I don't think a team's going to say we can't go over, and, you know, and that's going to stop us from, from getting Bryce Harper. But I don't think $40 million per year is in play, and I do think there's probably five teams that really are in play. And I would, I would be, even as a Mets fan, which it, it behooves me to say, I think the Nationals are probably in the lead right now. I really do. Yeah, it's going to be
0: – to stay there, like – well, see, the interesting thing is there's the devil you know, the devil you don't know. That's right. Right? And that goes both ways when it comes for Bryce Harper. The Nationals know him. You know, he's their guy. Mm-hmm. And to try to replace him, you can't. Can't, right? So they know that. And he also knows what he has there, you know, the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe he doesn't – you know, doesn't like Washington. I don't know. You know there's all the things we don't know. You know, is there is there a chance he plays in Baltimore? If he really likes the area there, I mean, the, the Baltimore Orioles aren't that far away. Yeah. They're in the American League. They're not in the National League. And, you know, there's a chance they could grab him because he has his fan base right there. You know, also the California thing, there's got to be a pull to California. You've got two teams there that, you know, are contenders, in my opinion, the Dodgers and Giants. Mm-hmm. And the Giants are going to have a question with Andrew McCutcheon, who, by the way, didn't make your list, except Is for honorable, honorable men- mention.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's a
0: pretty darn good honorable mention. Yeah. Thir- McCutcheon's 31. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's, you know, that long in the tooth here. Right. And to me, for the Giants, if Harper hits the market, I think they're going to make a decision we're going after McCutcheon or Harper.
2: I think the Giants are a very real possibility. I, I really, I really do. I think that that stadium with that. With that bay out in right field, that that lefties love hitting into with a nice right field for him to play. I mean, yeah, they're they're going to move on from Hunter Pence and McCutcheon, in my opinion. So there's going to be a couple of nice size holes in that outfield. We've shown that they'll pay, and they'll pay yes. veterans. I mean, they paid some older veterans this year to get themselves back in, in, in contention, and they um, clearly dabbled with
1: Stanton. So yeah. they're
2: they're 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 tuned into looking and being interested in that. And I think the you know the whole the, the ghost of Barry Bonds out there too is probably intriguing to Bryce harbor Don't you think? Yes. I mean, just that whole being able to, to me walk into that shadow and just obliterate it. You know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> something with a guy yeah. with his ego might love. I think
0: playing in San Francisco. You know, let's face it. You know, I, I was played baseball growing up, high school, and I'm like, man. I would think about playing in yeah. San Francisco.
1: Being a Met guy, I'm like. Just and that was field. back when miserable Candlestick Park right. was the stadium. But the
0: field, but I now the field, the setting, yep. the tradition they have there. I mean, that's pretty damn appealing. But Covey to
1: play. Cove be, could become uh, uh, Bryce's yeah. Bay. That's yeah, right. It's right? right. Uh, it, the, the last note on Bryce Harper is, yeah. and I don't remember the time of it, but it's pretty amazing to remember. I think he was the cover boy in Sports Illustrated when he was like 14 yeah. or 15 years old, and you're reading about this kid from Vegas who's doing these things. That kids five years older yeah. aren't doing. It's pretty cool to remember reading that story and now see him become, become exactly what they thought he could become.
2: You know, you know, it's, I believe that story you're talking about is the decision his dad made to not have him go to high school. Right? Put, yes, him, put him into a career, which I think is really an interesting situation. For I mean, really. Uh, Across these sports, I mean, we're talking about the one-and-dones in basketball, right? and, you know, is high school and college the really the right path for those guys? And look at Bryce Harper, and there's a few now. There's a few academy players who, man, when you're 14 and 15 and you know your kid can do it, if he can really do it, you know, and he's batting left and throwing right like Bryce Harper, man— it's, it's like That's, Sidney Crosby, Conor McDavid. You heard about him when they were you know, right. 13, go 14 years old. And they've lived up to the hype, which yes. doesn't always happen. And Harper's
0: so. lived up to the hype, too, which you imagine the pressure on the guy. Right. Yeah.
1: All right, let's talk about pitchers because it's it's always such an important position. Wait, so
0: predictions. Wait, no, hold oh, on. So predictions. Where does Harper right. end up? Right now, today,
2: where do you think he ends up? I'm going to say Washington doesn't let him leave.
1: Uh, I- I'll go with what we talked about. I think a place like San Francisco, he wants to go back to the West Coast. The Angels are kind of locked in with what they've got going on with Pujols and Trout. Uh, I-, I think San, Fr- San Francisco's desire to make a run at Stanton tells me that they'll do everything they can to make the run at the next
2: guy. I think he's a giant. All right. I'm going to throw a sleeper just for uh, just for giggles. and, and because Can I guess a sleeper? You can. Okay. And there's a multi-sport reason for it. Go ahead.
0: Oh, so now, now you just... Uh, <laughs> Layers. I was going to say... Why, oh, can he play tight end too? The, wow, the dark horse was... That's, an, that's a good that's a good hint. The Cubs would not be a dark horse, but I was going to say the Arizona Diamondbacks would be the dark
2: horse. I like horse. it. I like it. Uh, the, the, the team to watch is the Philadelphia Phillies. All right? Because they're going to be good next year. They're young. They're not already good this year. They have paid almost nobody. They brought in Jake Arrieta. They brought in a bat in Carlos Santana. He could become an immediate impact to that young lineup, which they've already started to lock up in terms of some small contracts. And what about the prospect of Bryce Harper and LeBron James going to Philadelphia this, spring, this summer? <laughs>
1: All right, uh, how what's Mike Trout's situation? <laughs> Trout's Trout's paid. I mean, wow. he's uh, Trout. There's he's no a, way that they could bring him back home.
2: No, he's in the middle. He's in the middle of a deal. Up. He's going to get more money eventually here. Yeah. Just a, All right, an so extension. there's no there's no outs yeah, there on he's that. He's the big so. fish out now. Yeah, right? Well,
1: I know, but you know, again, maybe he's not satisfied that they haven't won enough out I think, there. I think, think right com-
0: over your head, by the way. I think oh, for another day, fish, the conversation
2: is Trout or Harper, because I'm a. I'm all in on Mike Trout. I think right. Mike Trout is is a, is a level ahead of Bryce Harper in terms of his all around play. So, to, you know, to me, yeah, we're hearing 400 million for Harper just because really the all the the chips are lining up for him. Right, right. he's 25. I love and, what
1: you're talking about, though. LeBron and yeah.
2: Harper in Philly. Yeah, I mean, with, financially, with, with the it's, Eagles it's both, there. And it's both man, it's, it's both. Wow, I mean, the 76ers are winning 14 in a row. They've got cap space for next year. I mean, I, it's a long shot, but LeBron's going to LA. Yeah, it's, he's out of here, right? But it's yeah. a, it, it's. I mean, the cards are there for the taking if they want it. So we'll, we'll see what happens by, in the next by, few months.
0: By the way, the LeBron, I also saw the story. We'll get to starting pitching in a second here. But I saw the story like LeBron wants to leave because of Gilbert's support of Trump. Yeah. Yeah. It's really?
2: Al- it's always back to politics, isn't it? Come on. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all about money.
0: I'm waiting to see how this whole Nick Saban thing yeah. comes out yeah. with LeBron James.
1: You, you see this, Paul? What, the whole thing about the barbershop thing? Well, yeah, but oh, I think that's was blown up on uh, whatever.
0: I think it's you know I think it's great actually. I, I think it's cool that they're you know LeBron is saying, "Look, this is my intellectual property, and you, you're you know stealing our idea." And Saban's like, "We had a great time doing it. We're going to continue to do it." I think it's <laughs> right. I mean, Nick, you think about the egos here, mm-hmm. where LeBron's got you know, and he's proven to be making some savvy investments and in business decisions off the court. Uh, to be LeBron Inc. and Saban's. T- what are you talking about here? I'm like one of the best coaches ever in college football. I'm gonna do what I do here.
2: I don't care what LeBron James says. All right. While we're, right? On, this, while we're on this tangent, I gotta th- I gotta throw you something because we've had this discussion before, Kevin, you and I, about the the, the athlete with the most just the most long term blockbuster value. Right? We've talked yes. about a few names. Let's go back to Tiger Woods real quick here because it was a big golf weekend. Yes, it was. Let's talk about how powerful Tiger Woods is even when he's an average player right now. Did you read the story about Patrick Reed the winner and why he had to wear a pink shirt yesterday? Yes. Nike I did Nike see that. Nike made him this wear cuz Nike it, wouldn't let him wear cuz Tiger of power. gets to wear the red. Correct. Tiger owns a color. Yes. <laughs> that is how powerful Tiger Woods is. You cannot wear that color because somebody else already owns that color.
0: That's correct. <laughs> um, and as pro- well the interesting thing was the last time they both played on Sunday. Uh, when, when Valspar, Valspar. Those Championship. decisions
1: are made before the tournaments, correct? Well, because uh, on what shirts to wear.
0: All right, let me. Uh, so players decide pretty much for regular weeks. The okay. majors, the manufe- clothing manufacturers decide what they're going to wear, including the color, including the color. Okay. They put out outfits because they did it for you know Adidas does it for Sergio sure. and Dustin Johnson and their athletes. And Nike does it for theirs. they, you know, had the special, you, you know, magnolia caps and yeah, shoes. and you can and,
1: walk into the souvenir office, and uh, I remember at the U.S. Open a few years ago, you, they had them on display. Oh, you can buy the, the outfit? four buy shirts the yes. that, of what they were going to wear every day. So you, on right. Thursday, you could go and know what shirt Tiger Woods was going to wear on Sunday and buy it.
0: Well, now Patrick Reed idolized Tiger Woods, as many golfers did, and his demeanor's like Tiger's on the course. Uh, You know, business-like, except he doesn't smile. You know, like he makes a he gives it an R, and hey, you can criticize or whatever, but that's what makes the guy a champion. But he wore red on Sunday because of Tiger. He wore red with black pants, and he did it before he was a Nike athlete. He did it with, you know, when he wore Callaway stuff, and so there was no issue because there's a different clothing manufacturer. Well, he signed out to be a Nike athlete, and I bet when they watched Valspar and saw they were in successive groups, and there's... Patrick Reed on the green wearing red and black and Tigers coming up behind him. And this is the Masters. They made every, and I say made, but every Nike athlete wore, uh, you know, the Azalea pink or magenta color on Sunday. That was the deal, except for Tiger Woods. Darren Ravel tweeted that out. And so that's what it was because that was unusual for Reed because he always wore red. But they're like, that belongs to Tiger at the Masters. Interesting. Well, it hasn't been a
2: problem for a bunch of years because Tiger hasn't made a Sunday Master, a Sunday major in a long time. (laughs) And This is the first
0: year Reed has been a Nike, I think it maybe went Nike last year. But um, yes, Tiger does own the color red. That is powerful, isn't
1: it? And the TV ratings were phenomenal uh, when Tiger was on the course during the first two rounds and they were great even though he wasn't really on the course over the yeah. weekend, but partly because the golf was great. But, and, yeah, it's an amazingly powerful brand. No question. And,
0: by the way, I don't think Patrick Reed cares anymore. No. What color no it he's good. Not anymore. I think pink's his color Pink now. Green, right? yeah.
2: Dakota's fine. Well,
0: go. Sergio wears green a lot now after winning the green jacket, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. when he won his Masters. So, yeah, but, you know, you're right. Tiger's resurgence and yeah. – the Tiger Woods brand just lives on, huh? right. and
1: didn't this all start with Jack Nicholas, who would wear the yellow on Sundays of the Masters? And you're like, why does he? Wear? Oh yeah, because he knows it matches perfectly when he puts the green jacket on. I think that's awesome.
2: And it's confidence, yes, <laughs>
0: yeah. It is, you know, it is confidence, and you know, well, guys get known for uh, certain looks mm-hmm. and how they carry them, like Payne Stewart. All right, the late great Payne Stewart. Mm-hmm. He would – there was was a tournament he showed up for to register, and someone was telling me this story, that, you know, he he dressed in – he had regular slacks on, a golf shirt, and and a golf cap, and and the security was stopping him, sir, can I help you? He's like, well, you're Payne Stewart. Because he wasn't wearing the the knickers the and the Tammy Shantern, <laughs> which was his uniform, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, on the field. Bryson DeChambeau, kind of the same thing, you know. He calls that cap his cape mm-hmm. uh, when he goes out there to play. So you know, guys have signatures and different looks that they try to have out there. And the business side of it, yeah, maybe that was part of the deal with Nike. We'll see what happens at the U.S. Open. All right. Back to baseball, yeah, back all right. To a,
2: uh, another and who superstar. doesn't love
0: talking golf and tangents here? That's right. <laughs> but so we are talking about free agents here. Uh, the free agent class. By the way, there is no salary cap in golf, so uh, yeah, uh, no golf section at SpotTrack.com. We'll work with you on that. Yeah. But anyways, uh, starting pitchers, Paul. You want to talk about Dale's Keiko? Well, the
1: pitchers are always the, the you know so sought after because there's mm-hmm. just not enough good enough of them. And and I think the interesting thing on the 2019. Pitching free agent class: Dallas Keuchel from the Astros as a starter, and then you got a couple of really good relievers in Miller and Kimbrell that are going to be available too.
2: Yeah, the, yeah, the relief pitchers really are the stars of this class outside of Harper and Machado, um, both of which are pretty well known here. Uh, the starting pitchers are a little interesting because, yeah, we, we've got Keuchel here with the Astros, and they've got a decision to make now that they have brought in Verlander for a couple of years. Um, yeah, I mean, it was actually kind of interesting to look at Keuchel at a uh, at a valuation standpoint because. He had a great year in 2015, and really, it's just been up and down since. And he, he's sort of heading towards his prime, and he's sort of ready to cash in. And I'm, I'm not sure that teams are going to throw $30 million at him like a Scherzer or a Grinky just because of the inconsistencies and, and things like that. But if he's the best available, if, if everything else sort of goes the way it might go, and he's really the best available, then there's no reason he's not going to be in that 25-plus category. Um, but, but the name to watch really is Clayton Kershaw. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but he's got a player option out in L.A., um, which seems silly on the surface because obviously, you know, they wouldn't want him to leave. And he, you know, why would he want to leave? But uh, he, he's had a little bit of an up and down 18 months with LA. I mean, LA hasn't pushed the thing to the, to the finish line, which I think he would have expected by now with all the money they spend on him and, and pieces around him. Um, and the young guys are certainly there and, and they're at a position where they could win. I'm not sure they did enough in the off season. I, I really, I really believe that. I really believe that teams around them got better Um, even the giants got better, you know, you know, down the road and certainly the Mets and, you know, and the Cardinals and the nationals, they got better, significantly better at the areas they needed to. I'm not sure the Dodgers did that. Um, so if the Dodgers have a bad year, not, you know, playoff year, but don't push the thing to the finish line. Like I think people expect they should by now. Uh, it's definitely something to watch if they're not going to throw 35 million per year at Clayton Kershaw, which I think it's going to take, um, to get this guy in for the next five years. I think there will be teams that will. <laughs> I definitely do. I think you're going to find teams. Let's talk Philadelphia again. Philadelphia's got the money. They've got a ton of young players and they need to spend on veterans. So if you're talking Arietta Kershaw at the top of your rotation, you know, to go with, you know, a couple of nice bats and some free agent acquisitions, l- look at there's teams that'll be ready to pounce with money for a guy like Kershaw and a guy like Harper, obviously.
0: $35 million a year. It's going to
2: happen. You're, you're wow. going to be making more than a million a start. For for these next well, guys, well, you know, we've talked about it in relation to the NBA. Like, who are they going to be?
1: The first thirty million a year players, yeah. and and maybe right. it's these guys, right? Yeah.
2: It's it's going to happen. I mean, look at the next guy on my list here is Andrew Miller, who's not he's not a closer or a starter. He's a seven and eight mil- inning guy, and because he's doing two innings of relief, which is rare, um, on average. His, and his numbers are still phenomenal. He values at eighteen million a year. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, I I tried like hell to get that number down because it seems ridiculous. But 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 the, it's the, where he is, and he's the, the way baseball the is game. now. That's, those guys have become yes. almost as valuable as the closers. Be, people will argue it's it's the most valuable part of the game because as we saw last night with the Mets game, and I've seen it, I've seen it way too many times with the Mets. That third time through the order. Those starting pitches are getting surfaced and getting pounded. So you're seeing a lot of these younger coaches come up and basically say, You're gonna be done in the fifth inning. You're done. Because we're not gonna let it get to that point where where hitters are gonna figure you out and the game's gonna become, you know, unhinged at that point. So a guy like Miller, who can go, you know, two and a half innings when needed to four or five times a week, yeah, I mean Pay the guy fifteen million dollars and get that guy on your roster because that's invaluable right now.
0: Let's talk about the left side of the infield because there's two intriguing names uh, coming out of the American League um, with Manny Machado and Josh Donaldson.
2: Yeah, yeah, both both have had up and down uh, past two years, so their valuations are probably a little lower than they want to be in terms of what they're thinking next spring. Um, but you know, twenty six, twenty seven million is nothing to shake your head about. But I, I I imagine both of them push the thirty million dollar mark. Um, especially once Harper's chip falls and everything have to, has to sort of slot in behind it after that. Uh, Donaldson's older. Machado's only 25. So Mach- Machado's in Harper's boat, obviously less explosive, but he's a five-tool player. He's going to play shortstop and third base, so he can fill the whole left side for your team. Um, a lot of people are pointing Yankees just because that third base slot is sort of a an X factor for them right now for the next few years. Uh, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see if it' a fit for him, and I don't think they need to swing that hard on another position player. I think they've got a lot of young talent. They're they're gonna need some pitching. Let's let's just put that where it belongs. Um, they're gonna need some middle relief guys. One of the players on this list is David Robertson. They're they're sort of setup guy. He's gonna he's gonna require a ton of money if they're gonna keep him around. Otherwise, they're gonna have to fill that hole in the seventh and eighth inning. So the Yankees have a lot of work to do on in the rotation in terms of their pitching, their arms um i'm gonna put manny machado at a really interesting team um i I, I, for about a year and a half now i've been seeing him in the cardinals uniform i love him in st louis i think he's the right fit for that kind of team um just a hard-nosed gritty kind of guy who can play the whole left side um, he's going to put 40 homer, homers up for you. And uh, I, that, to me, that's a, that's a pretty good fit. So $30 million for really the top four guys, $30 million plus. We're talking Harper, Donaldson, Machado, and even Brian Dozier. I mean, a no-name sec- a second he's the, baseman. He is, the, he is the elite second baseman in this game, even though maybe you know, five people on the, listening right now have ever heard the name. I mean, really, he is Robbie Cano back when Robbie Cano was leaving yeah. the Yankees. He's that good. The production is phenomenal. And so- he's a better Dozier than DJ. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's your words, not mine. <laughs> uh, well, then, Doge, DJ
0: went from football to uh, yeah, he did. baseball, he right? Did, right? He did. He yeah. Did. So I, I hey, you know.
2: let's let's talk about this. Let's let's kind of finish. I up make on it me. relevant, Paul. It was good. No, that was good. No. I have a basketball. No, I want to finish on after you finish baseball. Let, we got to talk Otani here. We got we got to oh, talk yes. Otani so because speaking of guys who are doing more than one thing, um, after a tough spring and and you know all the drama about where he's, who's going to get him and, and and all of that, the, the, this guy is. Proof in the pudding, man. I mean, Ugh. this guy—he's not just hitting. He's hitting opposite field. He's—he's—he's he's, he's Ichiro, and he's Sadeki Matsui in terms of how that's wow. playing out. I mean, he's—he's—he's yes. hitting, he's, wow. he's hitting at 450. He's hitting at opposite field, and then he's 19 in a row. 19 in a row, almost a perfect game yesterday. So. Uh, and what did they pay for? The, is, they, they had to pay to talk to him. What did
1: what they? pay? Yeah, paying? but they're only
2: paying him like three million a year, yeah, right? right? I think it was like a twelve million, 12, twelve twelve million posting fee, I believe. That's uh, correct. I thought, I thought it was had, higher than that. Maybe was it twenty? It I might think have been was 20, twenty million. The posting, I, I Remember, I we 20. did we were talking about this I wish in the there was podcast. The I could look up for this.
0: And it was like twenty. <laughs> <laughs> it was a twenty million. I think it was twenty million a posting fee just to have the right. And because it was three million was going to
2: be the max salary for him. And what a bargoon. So so let's break down that three million because that's the number that gets tossed around now on TV and stuff. It, the the three million is a two point three million dollar signing bonus, which was what what he was slotted just to come over, right? And they're paying him the league minimum. They're paying him five hundred and forty five thousand dollars in terms of his salary. So it, it's phenomenal. He all of this is because he came early. He wanted to, he wanted to come and play here. If he had waited two more years, he would have been slotted into a, a more normal contract. He would have got a lot more money, you know, just to come over. But he wanted to get here at age twenty three. He wanted to pay his dues the first couple of years and make it all work out. And he is, uh, he is baseball ready. Let's just put it that yeah. way. He, <laughs> he looks great. He's going to be must-see TV. Uh, that whole Angels team as a whole is something to watch. I'm a—I'm a frequent Indians game watcher as well. And, man, those Angels really put up a, a fight against those Indians who reigning World Series. So uh, team to watch, player to watch, and talking about money, let's keep an eye on this guy because how do you pay a starting pitcher – who can also mm. hit 35 home runs? You
0: got to pay him for both, <laughs> yeah. don't you? You're yeah. gonna have to double up. There's on him, 40 so. million,
2: 20 yeah. million, by the way. Was well, the if Harper fee. gets 35, what are you gonna pay Otani in five yeah. years? 45, I mean, that's, that's, right? That's, that's the discussion to have. The yeah. wow. so. posting Keep fee was 20 one. million, by there you the way. Go. Yeah, I yeah.
0: mean, how great is that? The guy, you know, pitches every uh, fifth start yep. for you, and he bats every night, hitting dingers as a DH. I, I,
2: I think the, the conversation we we had it a little while ago. Are, are we gonna see more of this? Are we, yeah, we, we going to see American colleges start to do this? And, and if if a guy can hit, then he's got to be able to pay the dues and do both. Most oh. of the best athletes
0: coming up through Little League, and you know the, the, the pitchers are the best hitters too. Oh, yeah.
2: Our, college,
1: aren't there some legendary – I wish I could throw yeah. a name at you – legendary sort of college guys from the early 2000s that were the best hitters on their team, but obviously realized their their long-term benefit
2: was as a pitcher, and 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 there's a lot of guys like that. Oh, I mean, growing up watching the Mets, I saw those, those Braves teams, Tommy Glavin, man, that right. guy could hit the Player, he could yeah, hit. I mean, yeah. that guy could hit. So there, there's value in it. There's a lot of value. We've seen a, and we really we have seen a lot of pitchers that can do a little bit more with the stick. Now we're seeing them slotted eighth in the lineup. I don't hey, know if you've seen this. Rick
0: Keel, right? Remember I mean, that? when everything went awry, he played outfield because he's such a good hitter.
2: Yeah. So that was an incredible story. If you haven't seen that, oh, it's, there's it's, a documentary on him. It's just phenomenal. His book, yeah, I
0: almost snagged it. Um, phenomenal. All right, I want to finish up a basketball real quick. Yep. For the Boston Celtics. Their two biggest acquisitions are out. You know, second seed in the NBA Eastern Conference, and Hayward, of course, the opening night, the gruesome injury, mm-hmm. and now Kyrie Irving, not their, not their luck. It's the reason i bring this up. It's setting up to me for LeBron. It is and the Cavaliers to make it out of the East again. With all apologies to the Raptors, I still think Cleveland's a team to beat,
2: or the Sixers. Sixers too, right? I mean, and I
0: still think Cleveland's a team to beat. It's LeBron's. No division. question.
2: No question. It's a right. conference to, to sweep right now. Um, everybody else is sort of falling in line, aren't they? I, yes. mean, I mean, isn't this sort of how it always seems to work for LeBron this time of year? I mean, generally what happens is he's taken half these games off right now and resting himself, and he's even had a vacation usually by now. Remember you know about yeah. this? He takes his Miami yes. vacation and right. really gets himself mentally ready for this. He's done none of this. Um, he's pushed through with this team. I mean, he's, he's actually speaking what, at, like this as well, as as if to say... I'm all in right now. You know, I'm I'm not taking breaks. I'm the best player in, in the league right now, and and yeah, I think the the conference is lining up. And I don't, and Golden State slipping, the Spurs are slipping out out west. There's a I, there's a clear path to uh, another another title here if it, he wants it. I think as it
0: stands today, it would be Raptors against the Wizards, right. Celtics against the Bucks, and I think the Bucks win it now. Yep. Um, for, I think that sets great for Giannis, which would be great. Uh, yep. the Heat would play the Sixers. That's the Sixers all the way. Cavs Pacers, Cavs will beat the Pacers yep. uh, with that, and it's just and then. Then they'll play the Raptors, and they'll knock out the Raptors because I just Raptors are good. The Raptors have been great this year. But show. we're talking about LeBron in the playoffs, and he's just a he's just a beast. It's coming That's so good. It's coming so good, and you know it'll be interesting if he makes the finals again and they win because I think there's a chance of that this year. I you know I, I just think there's some there's some uh, cracks in the armor of Golden State. And I think the Cavaliers can win the championship
2: and then it'll be really interesting when he goes. So, so let's set up the next week's episode. Cause I've already had this on the back burner, but it's, you're leading right to it. Uh, let's talk next week. Preview out there for the, for yes. the fans.
0: <laughs> Big tease for
2: you. I want to talk about how teams build leading up to a superstar who could leave. We've got Harper. We've got LeBron. We've got a few other names off in terms of the other sports. Uh, Tom Brady for one. How do these teams deal with the last couple years? Because obviously you've got to be all in to try to win because you know it's your last few years, but you've got to put yourself in a position to – be able to rebuild on a, on the fly as well, too, and not just break it all down. So next week, I Interesting. I, all I, right. I really want to talk That's about right. The, the eco- economics of how to win with your superstar. Because we're going to of have a lot of examples. We're going to have a lot right. of examples that we can cite. So right. sounds good. All, all right.
0: right. That's next week. Uh, Mike, great stuff as always. Enjoyed the baseball discussion uh, mixed in with some golf and basketball in there. Uh, Paul, I'm glad you're a Met fan, too. And we're glad you're listening to the SpotTrack.com podcast.